everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical education and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Jessica Bard, with Consultant 360, a multidisciplinary medical information network. The National Foundation for Infectious Diseases 2023 Annual Conference on Vaccinology Research provides the latest updates on vaccine research, development, implementation, and real-world evaluation. Dr. William Schaffner is here to speak with us today about the take-home messages from the conference, including the prevention and management of COVID-19, influenza, and RSV across all ages. Welcome to the podcast today, Dr. Schaffner. Please feel free to introduce yourself for the audience. Well, Jessica, it's good to be with you. I'm Dr. William Schaffner. I'm a professor of preventive medicine and infectious diseases here at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center, and I'm also the medical director of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. Let's get started with our first question here. Please describe some of the biggest take-home messages on COVID-19 prevention and management from the conference. Well, we've just had a wonderful conference, the annual conference on vaccine research for two and a half days. It's brought together any number of people virtually from across the country to share their best ideas about vaccines, where we are, where we're going. And apropos of COVID vaccines, I think uh, there were two main messages. The first is that we've thought of these vaccines, these new COVID vaccines, as having been developed very quickly. Of course, that's the truth, but we need to open up the accordion, as it were, because they were the product, really, of basic scientific research that had been ongoing, building uh, for 20 years. And then when the challenge of COVID arrived, COVID, something brand new, something that we as a human population had not encountered before, the science was ready to deal with this new challenge. And it took the information from COVID, its genetic footprint of this virus, and then indeed in an extraordinarily rapid fashion was able to create a vaccine which turned out to be remarkably effective and remarkably safe. Now, creating the vaccine was not the end of the story. On the contrary, it's just the beginning of the story. Because vaccine in the refrigerator, as I like to say, never yet prevented a single case of infection. You have to move the vaccine from the refrigerator into arms. And as we all know, there's a certain amount of vaccine hesitancy and fatigue out there in the general population. And there were studies to show quite nicely that there were, in general, two major areas that need to be addressed uh, when trying to persuade, educate, and encourage people to receive new vaccines, COVID as well as others. The first is how we feel about the vaccine. What is our attitude? Is this the usual normal thing for me and my friends all to do to get the vaccine? As the psychologists reminded us, uh, we want to normalize that behavior. That's very, very important. 
And in order to do that, we have to communicate effectively with all the diverse populations in this country to try to make it the usual and good thing for ourselves and everyone else to get the vaccine. So it's how we feel about the vaccine that's so important. The second piece is equally important. How easy was it to get the vaccine? Now there, we did very, very well because it was available in every pharmacy, in many clinics, many doctor's offices, it was readily available and it was free. As I like to say, we just had to roll up our sleeve. We didn't have to reach for our wallets. And that made the initial acceptance of the vaccine a much more positive event. There are things we can do to improve our communications going forward. That was one of the major lessons that I got from the conference. And that was well said. Moving on now to influenza prevention and treatment, what would you say are the biggest take-home messages from the conference? Well, there, there was guarded optimism. We're going to go back to the science that's been developed over the last 20 years. There are now vaccine investigators, and they were reporting at the conference, trying to make better vaccines. And there was this anticipation that now people are working on what we would call a universal influenza vaccine. As we all know, the influenza virus likes to mutate. It likes to change. By my goodness, that's why we have to update the vaccine each year to change its composition. Suppose we could get a vaccine that actually protects against a whole variety of different influenza types. Well, my goodness, that would be a huge advance. It would lead to much greater acceptance of the vaccine by the general population. And we could actually change the way we deliver the vaccine. It wouldn't then be an annual event. We could get the vaccine anytime because it would protect against a whole lot of different strains and perhaps provide protection for five or six years. So we wouldn't have to gear up to do a vaccination campaign in the fall. We could give it throughout the year. That would make it much more easy and more acceptable. So once again, looking to the future, hoping to make something very good, our current influenza vaccine, even much better. Now, moving right along to RSV, let's talk about the challenges and breakthroughs and emerging vaccines. Uh, RSV, I think everybody, uh, if I could have seen their faces, was smiling because RSV remains one of the great uh, unaddressed uh, winter respiratory infections, very important in children and increasingly appreciated, literally as important as influenza for older adults, particularly those with underlying illnesses. And everybody recognized that we have now two RSV vaccines that have just been licensed. Now the trick will be, as I said before, moving that vaccine from the refrigerator into arms. And how are we going to organize vaccination campaigns starting already this fall and going into the future? And so there was a lot of anticipation about how that would happen. What would you say were the most important take-home messages in behavioral science and vaccine outcomes? 
Well, the behavioral science was kind of a light motif that went through all of these discussions. Because as I said, vaccine in the refrigerator is wonderful. The science can produce that, but then we have to vaccinate people and it has to be accepted. And we know that there has been a diminution in trust and confidence and authority in public health officials. And so we're all going to have to get better at doing that. Uh, but in terms of uh, behaviors, one of the uh, one of the sessions that uh, warmed my heart is that we had women leaders in vaccinology uh, that had a special session. We've done this for several years at the vaccine conference to role model for young women coming into the field about how it is that the leaders have succeeded and become so prominent and to encourage young people, particularly young women, to come into the field, young scientists and young aspiring public health officials. And the lessons that the women provided were both inspirational and practical uh, at the same time. And I mean, I'm a fella, but uh, I think they certainly motivated the young women who, who attended. And now you alluded to this a couple of times. Um, what would you say do you anticipate the next 50 years will look like in vaccinology? Huh. Well, there was a special session on that. And uh, people looked forward. And as you can imagine, scientists are, by their nature, optimistic because they are working to understand nature with the goal of making things better so that our health can be more assured for longer years of life. That theme was clearly there. And people took apart the new science that was available and talked about the possibilities of extending vaccines beyond certain infectious diseases, even into non-infectious disease areas. Answers, Alzheimer's disease, a, a way to combat opioid addiction, perhaps. Oh, these are wonderful ideas that motivate the scientists. But at the same time, they also recognize that once we have new vaccines, we have to deliver them effectively to our population. The creation of the vaccine is wonderful. It's the beginning, not the end of a long journey. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that you think that we missed? Vaccines are devoted to the prevention of disease, the elimination of a disease. I was motivated to get into medicine because I wanted to, as a classic young person, lay on hands, as they say, and relieve suffering and make people better. As I got into medicine and learned more about it, the prevention of the disease entirely, ah, that's the highest goal of medicine. And that keeps motivating me and motivates many others as they enter vaccinology and participate in the science and the public health and clinical aspects of delivering vaccine to the largest possible population, not just here in our own country, but around the world. I think that's well said. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure.